you don't have to do it all, but you should know how to do it all. I think that there, you know, now you see a lot on social media, like, oh, you can pay somebody to do that. Oh, you pay, pay, you know, and it's like you can, but as a CEO, you do want to have some knowledge of what are all of the facets of your business. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Dr. Sharifa Al-Ukta of Your Neighborhood Clinic. Dr. Sharifa, super excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, excited to, to have you on. And hopefully I, I nailed your name as best as I could and, and you know want to hear about all the awesome things that you're working on. So what I wanted to do before we do that is read a little bit more about Dr. Sharifa so you can hear about some of those awesome things. And Dr. Sharifa is a licensed psychologist and a CEO of Your Neighborhood Clinic, a not-for-profit community health, community mental health agency. She is also an associate professor at the Howard University, HU, and she enjoys uplifting her community and being a wife to her loving husband and mom of four sons. Dr. Sharifa, super excited to have you on the show. Even more excited about all the awesome things you're doing. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am definitely ready. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's get everything started by hearing a little bit more on how you got started. So I wanted to rewind the clock, hear a little more about what I call your CEO story. Well, I didn't know that I envisioned to be a CEO, actually. I always sort of thought that I wanted to be a psychologist. And then when I got to grad school, I sort of streamlined that into that I really wanted to create a community mental health clinic and that I wanted to be able to work in sort of all of aspects of regarding mental health. So um, treatment as well as training of individuals that will work with uh, um, work with um, mental health consumers. And so I wanted to be in sort of all of those aspects. And so from there, my organization, when I brainstormed of it, when I was a graduate student, was going to be called Peace. Um, but when I went to license it, there were already organizations in D.C. called Peace. So <laughs> it became Your Neighborhood Clinic. Um, and so Your Neighborhood Clinic really works in twofold. One, providing mental health services, so direct mental health services to mental health consumers, as well as providing trainings um, and um, sort of training placements. So externships, postdocs for individuals who want to um, get trained and working with um, urban mental health issues. And then we're also entering in the space of consultation. So really working with or other organizations such as schools, such as um, other youth agencies and promoting their own in-house wellness and wellness initiatives as well. 
Nice. I absolutely, you know, love that. And, you know, kind of the phrase that was coming to my mind is a lot of times you hear, you know, do you teach people to fish or do you fish for them? Or do you find the people that maybe want to fish the most? And it sounds like you have all of that covered with everything that you're doing because you're providing the direct services. You're empowering those that want to be professionals, but also those organizations, like you mentioned, schools and all these organizations that probably have the people that need to have, um, or be it, their, their saw needs to be as sharpened as it could be. You have that opportunity to kind of help support them there. Agree. That is really it. And it's, you, you know, when we talk about the wellness sphere, as well as just business, you know, sometimes you have to um, try to do as much as you can, right? Because especially in mental health and wellness, you know, like all of these things are interconnected, right? So even if I am an individual and I have, and I work with the youth and I work with the youth and we're getting them prepared to, be healthier, but then they go to a school and the teachers may have their own stressors or that's not a a healthy environment. You know, someone needs to work with those schools too. And so, you know, it sort of is like having our hands in all of the different things, but all of those things really are necessary for improving mental health outcomes, especially in in minoritized communities. Yeah, absolutely. And I almost feel like, and you probably could speak more to this than anybody, you know, just like, especially during the pandemic, that became more, you know, prevalent and more, you know, became more um, aware of those mental health things that, you know, people want to work through and how, um, I love that you use that word interconnected, because I think so many times we go through life, we kind of look at it as silos. um, And we have looked at it as silos and you say, okay, this is my work. So once I get off work, then I don't have to deal with this. But a lot of times you bring those things home to your family. Like you mentioned, the the kids, sometimes if they're going through, you know, all the training and everything and, you know, the the teachers and the whole leadership is, you know, set up for success, sometimes when they come home and they're in a different environment, that can still, you know, affect that. So it's so important to kind of sound like look at that holistically and have that interconnectedness mm-hmm. that you've been able to execute on. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I, I know you, you talked through a little bit more on how you serve your clients. So I want to just double check and see if there's any other ways that you kind of, you know, work with clients, how that process goes and, and serve them and, and what you feel maybe is your secret sauce, the thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Oh, well, one thing, well, one new thing, we did um, receive a two-year grant from OSI to particularly promote educator wellness within local um, public and charter schools within D.C. And so that is a new stick, right? Really getting into schools, helping them understand what their needs are in terms of their teachers, um, SEL, social emotional learning, what their needs are in terms of programmatic and policy initiatives that really promote for educators to feel well so they can then be the best educators that they can be and get some of the best results from their students. So that is a new um, frontier for YNC. We're very excited about it. We are hoping to um, 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 unveil a YouTube channel specifically for educator wellness and educator professional development around mental health and how mental health shows up in schools. So that is something new that we will um, hopefully be dropping November 1st. That's the um, rollout date. Um, and um, and we're very excited about it. In terms of our secret sauce, uh, if we um, actually feel like we are clear about what that might be, you know, I think we, myself and the people that work with me, um, 
we are very personable. So we really do like to get to know our clients, get to know who we are working with, really spend some time developing a plan and initiative that really aligns with what it is that they want, either in terms of the therapy room or in terms of us consulting with the organization. So if any, if I would say what our secret sauce might be it's personalization. Like we really do like to give personalized treatment and um, outreach to the organizations that we work with. Nice. I absolutely love that, especially, you know, you congratulations first and foremost on getting that grant and that opportunity, because just as you spoke, you know, about it, it creates, I think, definitely that domino effect when you are able to kind of empower the children and children. It just, it just goes so further, not just, you know, for today and present time as we're talking about this, but future generation after future generation because of that work. So definitely, you know, commend you on, on being able to do that. And so I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? One of the things that um, I think makes me more effective and efficient is I organize my morning. I realize that I am a morning person. I, the sun is my friend. So I definitely need to organize my morning. And so that really looks like I enjoy being the first one up. So if my husband sets his alarm at six o'clock, I'm setting mine for 530 because <laughs> I need to be the first one up so I can just clear my mind, do my meditation, um, think whatever is the light, refreshing thought that I want to think, that I want to affirm, if I want to journal, like organizing my morning, really organize my day. Um, and then that's even the case once I get into the door. I like to be the first one in my office if I'm coming in or even working from home. Um, so I can sit down, write my to-do list that I sort of want to accomplish that day and get myself um, organized in how I shape you know, the rest of my day. I find that if I am helter skelter or if I oversleep or that morning routine is off, it's hard for me to get back on track um, throughout the day. So that is one of my CEO hacks. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So what would you consider to be what I like to call a CEO nugget? So this could be a little bit more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. I like to say it might be something you would tell your favorite client, or if you hopped into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. I would say you don't have to do it all, but you should know how to do it all. I think that there, you know, now you see a lot on social media, like, oh, you can pay somebody to do that. Oh, you pay, pay, you know, and it's like you can, but as a CEO, you do want to have some knowledge of what are all of the facets of your business, because that is to me, the only way that the checks and balances can happen, right? Like and when I give my taxes to my accountant, I still want to be able to know how to look at it and make sure that it's adding up correctly. You know, like when I talk to a social media consultant around unveiling things, they're going to lay it out and they're going to understand it. I still want to have some kernel of knowledge that, that they can still communicate 
to me in an effective way and I can communicate to them in, effect, in an effective way. So you don't need to do it all, but you need to know about all of the facets that are required for your organization. Nice. I absolutely love that. And, you know, I love that, you know, checks and balances. A lot of times you, you sometimes when you look at it, you realize whether it's social media, whether it's an accountant or whoever it might be, checks and balances aren't balancing, but you don't know that unless you know that. And it's 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 so important that um, there's this kind of quote, like, even though I, I can do it doesn't mean I should do it, but you want to know how to do it because that allows you that opportunity to you know, create accountability. And even too, I think on an even deeper level, when even before you have that person that's on board, I feel like it gives you a lot of awareness of sometimes the questions to ask just to make mm-hmm. sure that you are getting somebody who actually can execute on the things they're saying that they're doing. Correct. And it will save you money in the long run. Money, headaches, heartache, all the things will, you know, be alleviated by just knowing a little bit more. So it's huge to be able to kind of take that extra time to do that. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Dr. Sharifa, what does being a CEO mean to you? For me, it means actually like the chief innovation officer, right? Like it means that being a CEO is, I should always be immersed in the knowledge of the field, like what is going on in terms of wellness. And then I need to allow myself the creativity, right? The space to be creative and say, well, how does YNC want to be on the edge of that or shift and transform if we need to meet that new, um, that new, you know, spark that might be going on? Or do I think that this is just something that is um, not going to last and we don't need to change and adapt? But I need to be on I need to be innovative, Um, especially, I think, for someone or anyone that is attempting to work with diverse communities, you know, because we are, you know, our communities are some of the communities that they always want to get to. Right. But some of the problems that that organizations are attempting to solve have been longstanding problems. Like these are not new problems. Right. So we have to think about, well, if it's not a new problem, then maybe we need to be coming up with new solutions. Right. Maybe we need to be looking at the solutions that worked in a novel way and and, and just shifting it a little bit in order for, you know, us to really make a dent in some of the the problems that have been longstanding. So I, I I see being a CEO as being a chief innovation officer. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Sharifa, truly appreciate that definition. And of course, I appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get out of you, find about all the awesome things you're working on. If you are looking for a therapist or looking for a consultant regarding your um, wellness initiatives at your organization, you can find um, me at drsharifa.com as well as your neighborhood clinic.org your neighborhood clinic.org or drsharifa.com thank you so much awesome definitely appreciate you dr sharifa we're going to have the links and information in the show notes as well too so that everybody can follow up with you and you can serve is it just a local area is there any specific areas that you cannot serve 
I am licensed in DC. I also have psychologists who are licensed in Virginia as well as Maryland on staff. So in terms of the DMV area, we are covered in terms of being able to provide mental health care um, within, within those areas specifically. And then again, there are some telehealth areas um, that we can also engage in, in telehealth. Um, in terms of consultation, in terms of, of working with organizations, we work internationally. Um, we have worked with universities in South Africa, so we are good in terms of consulting with organizations regarding developing wellness initiatives. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for clarifying that. And then again, if you probably have any questions about the telehealth and whether you can kind of serve there, definitely the best thing to do is probably to, to go to the site and, and to reach out. So I thank you so much for making that readily accessible in, and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. All right, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Check out the latest and greatest apps, books, and habits to level up your business at ceohacks.co. This has been the I am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.